Rainbow Wrap-Up is sponsored by Hawaii Sports Fans. Come join us for every UH football game on the road at hisportsfans.com. Aloha and welcome to the last episode of 2023 of the Rainbow Wrap-Up. And it's Wayne. I'm back. And I got my boys here too, starting with Sean. What's up, Sean? What's up, Wayne? What's up, Ryan? And of course, Ryan too. What's going on, Ryan? <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? Just trying to stay warm over here on the East Coast. East Coast, I know we just had our holidays. Hope everyone had a great holiday. Uh, you celebrate Christmas. Um, hope you had a great uh, Christmas. Uh, Ryan, is that what you're doing out there in, in Virginia? Yeah, spending it with my girlfriend's parents and uh, the rest of their family. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of missing some Hawaii warmth right now. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get some warmth at a beach uh, halfway around the world in a couple of days. So looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. You got a big trip coming. Uh, tell everybody where you're going, actually, since this uh, is the Trumple show itself at its mm-hmm. core. You know, back to uh, Sydney, Australia. So we had a friend, uh, one of my really close friends that said, hey, I'm going to rent a boat at, in Sydney Harbor. Um, it's supposed to be one of the top New Year's Eves in the world. So, you know, we, we found some award flights and that's what we're going to do. So, yeah, we're super pumped that's and awesome. ready for this. Sounds like 15 and a half hour flight from San Fran. <laughs> good day. Wow. <laughs> good day. Good day. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. Of course, we, we love travel. We're going to talk about that. I mean, Ryan... And, and and Sean already saw themselves in the news, probably. We're going to talk about a certain segment that I was fortunate to um, be a subject of in Hawaii sports fans. Um, in Sydney, Australia, in 2016, Hawaii football versus Cal Bears, a part of my streak as well, 99 games going back to then. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a pretty cool place. I, I know Sydney is an awesome place, and you're going to have a lot of fun. And you were just there too, right? So you're almost like <laughs> yeah. a, you're a vet at traveling to Australia. Just, but great food. Just before Oregon. <laughs> oh, that's right. Just before Oregon. I mean, <laughs> you were doing some crazy international, international travel in between football seasons. So pretty impressive um uh, but sean you have, what are you what kind of um festivities you got anything planned for new year's i mean this is the last episode of our show people are talking about you know our tradition keeping up our tradition of fireworks <laughs> in hawaii are you planning on doing any of that or do you enjoy that i don't even no, know I mean, no i had a bad experience in college where i got stranded in eva beach so as an adult i um Keep it kind of close to the vest, and I keep I stay in Mililani, and uh, just celebrate close to home. I'm I'm scared to leave Mililani on on New Year's. So, and I did the fireworks things as a kid, so I feel like I mm-hmm. burned enough stuff. So, like I just watch. So, yeah, as a firecracker goes off in the background here. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there will be. I'm also in Mililani yeah. as well. I mean, it seems like all over this island there are loud blasts like and i don't understand the one that's just a loud boom like i don't get mm-hmm. that one at all it starts about like why it starts about uh halloween and like yeah like last night it was just going off continually after eight o'clock it's just and and up in malka i, I hear it like 10 o'clock there's a big the big booms so yeah, i don't get crazy. it i don't get it i mean we want to be 
also conscious of people with asthma, people who have PTSD. So I think it's a it's an interesting thing. Yeah, you know, people with pets. Yep. People with pets. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, I I'm gonna be. I'll say that I do look forward. I'm proud, kind of proud, actually, of the tradition. But I do see more as I'm getting older. I will say, um, but you know. Because you all know that I'm 40, the world knows because you know Hawaii news now. If you didn't know this last week, they, they don't know. Sure You're a man. How old I was? <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 40. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, mahalo. I mean, I got to send up a big mahalo to Hawaii news now, um, sharing a little bit of my story. Um, you Three know, and a half minutes. Three and a half minutes. I mean, oh. and that's only a little bit still. But three and a half minutes was long. Like that was basically the epilogue of. Um, you know, a story. So I'm definitely grateful for that. But also um, the spotlight has shined on Hawaii sports fans and, um, you know, how much growth we've had this year. Um, we had some great shots from our photos at Austin Stadium with the three of us were in. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just some of the great moments we've had this year. Um, but that shout out Russ for all those photos. Yes. And Russ shout out Russ. I, I definitely yeah. want to yeah. shout out Russ. I thought about him. I mean, a lot of the photos they used was uh, from our boy Russ and um you know russ cannon go and follow him if you can he's on the sidelines always he's a, a he big guy he always finds you guys mm-hmm. <laughs> he always does and yeah. um he's been a come a good friend and like i said the the story is about the relationships i've made obviously you two are a part of that as well but also uh, guys like russ who are on the sidelines um, mm-hmm. whom i see at most of the games a lot of the, the ph- photographers like russ who live on the the continent he lives in texas that piece was an awesome piece, even if there were some inaccuracies. Like I said, I've been a fan since I was probably 12 days old, maybe not 12 years old, but going with my grandparents as a baby. And then when I was 12, you know, in that mid-90s era um, where things started going a little bit south for our team, I had to go by myself or I found mm. friends or my cousins and we were hanging out at McDonald's and my, my you know, of my uncle would go and watch the, the live satellite feed at a bar in Pro City and draw me off. It was you know, it was kind of cool. And those are the, you know, those are the things that I know that you two as well share with me as well. So, um, and I, I think a lot of people see themselves reflected in in that piece and that, you know, we know the struggle to be on this island um, and having only the team UH. But at the same time, there's a pride in having UH. There's a pride in having um, our own team in Hawaii that represents us and a school that's supposed to be for native Hawaiian advancement um as well so uh but yes hawaii sportsman's mahalo to everybody that's reached out it's been amazing to see um all the um inquiries about next year and it's getting me um you know kicking me in the butt even more to to <laughs> get things going but i've been working a lot in the background we have you know baseball tours that are coming we have japan tours that are coming i've had people reach out about paris olympics um, you know, you kind of are, are you kind of are like the unofficial and best ambassador of UH football. I don't know if you realize like how like everybody knows you, Wayne, like everyone <laughs> knows you like on TV. It's like there he is again. As far as for myself, you really got me up off the sidelines and back into the game. I, w- I was watching most of the games at home and going to two to three games in person a year. So through our association, I became a season ticket holder again. And just uh, you got you got me to be a bigger and better fan. So oh. in that sense, I, I really appreciate it. So okay. it, it's yeah. been awesome. And I, you know, just the fact that you picked me to do this 
I, I'm still blown away by that. I'm, I'm so, I feel so humbled and, you know, it's just incredible. You could have asked anybody. So I'm, I'm very grateful for our friendship and, and, and the opportunity. Oh, thank to you. Do I, this. I really hope for our friendship as well. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate it. Mean, I could words. totally add on to that as well. I mean, you know, look at me this year, I've been to more away games than home games. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, especially when you think about a lot of these tours and, and, you know, Wayne does not to just prop them up as an ad, but, you know, there is a lot involved with, you know, me, you know, you know, who flies so much and books a lot of hotels, it's a lot. And for a lot of the people, especially a lot of his guests, taking care of all that makes it so much easier. And then the game is like the last thing you need to worry about, you know, whether it's tickets, getting to the game, because that's the hard stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's driving to the game. How do you get there? The tailgating part, what do you do pre and post and all that fun stuff. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, exactly like Sean, I mean, it's been awesome. Uh, you know, definitely enjoyed being on the podcast week to week as well, uh, where we get to air out some of our uh, fun opinions at times yeah. uh but yeah <laughs> frustrations it's, you know, it, right <laughs> but, you know, it's just yeah it's been it's been a blast and it's great to be a part of and you know we did start super late but you know hopefully the the video that we're taking and we're putting a part of is going to be awesome so well i appreciate that both of you i mean i could let you go on for days i guess but um i guess we have to cut up at some point but i appreciate that because and i'm glad that the piece focused on my connections and that's the thing that i appreciate because it really is and uh, and i appreciate that as the ambassador and i don't i don't you know i know i think as my role as a as a person that's a fan that's going to the to represent hawaii for myself and for you know just for hawaii in general in a positive light but also um to develop relationships that you never know where they can lead and i've met so many people today we had a shout out our boy michael barker he was recognized yeah. on ESPN during uh which bowl was it I don't my dad was watching he's like hey there's Michael Barker that's the guy and he came to our house I mean he's a guy that comes to Hawaii multiple times a year and is a friend and he's you know really college football is probably uh most notorious traveler now and then I say that in a good way because he does um the uh the obstructive view and and he's <laughs> he's added to his repertoire of um, you know the best seats in the experience. house, the best seats. So I appreciate people are copying uh, him. The who's doing it for the right reasons and who's doing it um, because they have a, a natural drive to do it that they rise kind of up, you know. And you know there are people that are better at the social media game than others. You know, like there are great fans out there that we don't know about that just don't have social media, you know, mm, or aren't yeah, you know out there, you know. Yeah. So I think it's important to realize that you know we're all the same like i i see myself just like everyone else i was just that kid i'm still that same kid that was going to the games by myself that no one knew who that was like still that same person you know inside to me like obviously more people know who my name well my name is and know who i am but um like i don't approach it that way at all i approach it the same that i've always been since i was a kid because i've that's where the drive is you know to want to travel to want to see my team on the road to want to cheer for them it's it's something that was instilled in me as a kid. So I think that's similar um, to, to your, both of yours experiences as well. So thanks for everyone uh, who has come to the website, who's left their email. Um, like we said, we got some big men's volleyball trips coming up. We are going to be in some amazing seats, the best seats you can find in major league baseball, basically at Dodger stadium, right on the home run seats on the, on the fence line, um, the whole game long with food coming to you in a server, even you don't have to move um and it's it's just a great that is the experience and uh it does takes a lot of work it takes a lot of down payment you know it's like most companies wouldn't do what we're doing they they wouldn't copy hawaii sports because they're like that's crazy they're like why would we do that like (laughs) the margin is small i mean i hope people realize like i 
I've yet to make money. And I'm not saying that to feel bad for me. I've done amazing things, but costs a lot of money. There's always, there's low margins. Um, but for me, it's a personal, um, you know, fulfillment, obviously in so many ways. Uh, but I also want people to realize it's not out of reach for most people as well. It's just, I'm trying to give people the best value. So when they go and they're spending money, you're always going to be spending quite a bit of money, whether you go by yourself or you go with somebody else, but you want to have that insurance policy that things will go well. And I feel like, you know, I cover that, but, uh, go check out our, the whole piece. It's, I know Hawaii news now put it on their YouTube. Um, it's also on our YouTube channel, uh, Hawaii sports fans, youtube.com. Um, so you can go check it out there. Uh, but yeah, it's been quite the roller coaster over in my whole life of being a UH fan, but definitely eight years of being on the streak. So next year, um, uh, 100, we make it there. Who knows what could happen <laughs> in the next eight months, but, um, I think we'll be something to look forward to it's, precisely it's, because it's undertakerish um, the streak. It, it, <laughs> it is undertakerish. And I don't, I love yeah. that reference too with undertaker. I mean, it's, <laughs> This is one of the best. I still remember him coming out of the stands in his first appearance and being like so amazed by that. Um, but a guy that has resurrected just like Undertaker is a certain quarterback from Texas who we thought was gone <laughs> and is now back. And we've, we've been told that he's back. So um, there seems to be a lot of feelings. Um, but of course, we're talking about Braden Shager and um, with Sky, that's the topic of this show all the time. Um, yeah. And to be fair, he's a good kid. I've been able to get to know his his parents, his grandparents, mm -hmm. who I know are close to him. So it made sense that he might, we talked about this before, he might want to move on to somewhere else. Um, I, Wait, I, 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 I've got a timeline. Well this, I, do you want to go through the timeline? Okay, let's, let's go, go through the timeline. Okay, so November 25th, uh, Hawaii defeats Colorado State on last second field goal. Shagers asked directly if he will return to the for the 2024 season, and he says for sure. Uh, Who asked 11, him though? You're talking about in a press conference. Yeah, saying. in a press conference. Um, okay. On 11:29, a deleted X post said Shager would tran uh, enter the transfer portal, in which Timmy Chang immediately refutes the report. On uh, Oh, and then uh, on December 6th... But uh, he refutes the report, sorry, because this is an issue that I have, and I want to bring this up. Yeah. He refutes the report because he says that he just spoke to him, yes. correct? Yes, yeah. over text. He spoke yeah. to him yes. personally, mm -hmm. and Shager told him that he was... No worry, beef life. curry. Yeah, <laughs> so, okay, so I think that's important. So, in that point. sense, in that time, uh, rapper Lil Wayne... <laughs> who represents Braden Shager and I'm not making this up I, I, I mean thought very this was loosely represents he owns yeah, the agency let's, that the agency. he owns the agency let's be convinces Braden Shager to enter the transfer portal so a couple weeks later he goes to BYU on an official visit and I was hearing rumors uh, like a week before that they were saying that Braden was kind of uh, he want he, he might want to come back. I was I was hearing that from a couple different places. So uh, Shager allegedly cancels two more visits and asks Timmy Chang if he can return to the team on uh, December uh, December twenty fourth, New Year's Eve. Shager announces his intention to return to UH after Timmy Chang pulls players on team about Shager coming back. Yeah. Said that every not everybody was on board, and he's going to have to earn some of their trust back. 
So that that leads us to here. It's it's kind of been a fireball of, you know, uh, controversy. Many people have very different opinions on this, and I, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, you know, uh, every game Wayne, since mm-hmm. we're you know we're dealing with Lil Wayne, like, like yeah. how do you feel about it? Well, I mean, like I said, with the point about and him telling Timmy, if he told Timmy directly that he was coming back mm-hmm. in response yeah. to the tweet, then he broke the trust with his coach, in my opinion. It's a big and that thing. is hard yeah. and that is damaging. In my opinion, that's damaging. And yeah. it's just like with any human beings, especially someone here. calls you out, you know, publicly, mm-hmm. especially when Timmy Chang calls the other guy out publicly. Yeah, he went to bat mm-hmm. for him. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, he went to bat. He kind of made him look stupid. He so. did. Yeah. So I think Timmy is it would be fair if Timmy were to hold Braden to a higher standard now that he's decided to got a standard and that he's gonna have to earn everyone's trust back, earn his mm-hmm. trust back as the coach. I mean, that's that's so, yeah, hard. there's reports that not everybody on the team was down with him coming back. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like telling your teammates, like, I, I, it's it, like flirting with another girl. I don't think what he's, you I got think a girlfriend and you're, you're kind of going out <laughs> on dates with another girl, right? And you're like, nah, 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 nah. It's you, baby. I mean, that sounds wrong, <laughs> I guess. That sounds more wrong. But I mean, I don't feel like, what he's doing is necessarily wrong, but I feel like there needs to be concept. There needs to be like something, a but, response. But this you is just the modern, like this is right. the modern day college football. It's about money. It's, you know, like a starting quarterback, like Dylan Gabriel is probably going to get two, $2.5 million for transferring to Oregon. Yeah, but we're talking once again, we do not compare to, okay. <laughs> I mean, for a reason though, Sean, he visited it's just BYU. But it's just not true. BYU, did BYU want him? Did they offer him? They did not offer him. Okay, so that's Um, what I'm saying. Like, let's be quite honest. Like, I want to know what those he was going to search for that. Obviously, he was in search of. He heard what Matt Rule said about what quarterbacks were going for in the portal. So of course, he Hmm. wanted to test the market. I'm not saying that that's wrong. It's like players that want to test the NBA and go back to college, like. I get that, but at the same time, yeah, you you have to earn trust back. I think I don't know, Ryan. Medium Ryan, yeah, get in there. <laughs> no, I, I think that you know I'm I'm okay with what he did. It's how he did it, right? It's the whole. And I want I want to look at that quote because you know Timmy said on Twitter, he goes, "Shager Bomber had to call me." He said, and this is in quotation marks. I'm throwing bombs in Manoa next year. That's and the then quote. he said, you know, that he called. Mm-hmm. That's the quote, right? And you know, there's nothing wrong, especially in this day and age with NAL and looking for opportunities. It's just how he did it with that whole debacle. The next thing you know, six days later, you know, he's in the transfer portal, right? Uh, and, and that's the hardest part. Uh, I do think that there, you know, like you said, there are some rumors of some players not wanting him back. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some on the rumors on the other side. Hey, one of his closest friends, Papele Ashlock, who, yeah. you know, they had a great combination, was, was one of the guys that brought him back this year for next season so you know i think that's something good um i think i think i don't want to quote this but like one of the articles was also saying that Stephen mcbride was another guy and those are his top two receivers are you know we're welcoming him back we're helping him make that decision to come back uh but yeah I, the whole going back and forth and you know we're not going to call timmy chang on it so you know i don't know what his quote if he actually called him or not we're never going to know 
but the whole situation of hey how he did it was definitely wrong you know if he was you know forthright with everyone just said hey this is what i'm looking for you know i'm going to go test the market i think a lot of us would have been a lot more okay with it yeah i know that a lot of our facebook group yeah yeah, you know i know a little bit of our facebook group is you know arguing about a loyalty of some sorts and you know, my my argument always on that is like, hey, if there's another job opportunity, 99% of you are going to go take it. You Absolutely. know, if it's potential benefits for your family, you know, being around your friends and, and you know, it, it potentially was for him. You know, he more than likely is not going to end up in the NFL. Uh, you know, maybe who knows, XFL or CFL or whatever it might be. But, you know, for a guy, if you can get a, you know, a million, 1.5, whatever <clears throat> it is, you know, support your family, support your new girlfriend, uh, you know, take it, right? yeah i mean i get all of these like you know i i I get them like these references that people are trying to make but at the same time i think that this because this situation did not exist in a vacuum and because he decided that he was going to make this call to to shop his services literally flying to provo to go and try out and then at the same time, we have a kid that's from Hawaii who was shipped to Las Vegas, who mm-hmm. became Nevada Player of the Year t- twice, twice in a row. Three championships. Committed to UH mm-hmm. as a junior, I believe. Mm-hmm. Stayed committed through senior year, signed early, and we've been excited he's about enrolling. him. So yeah, he's enrolling. I feel, like, mm-hmm. I feel like these are competing, competing issues, not Passing because. Ships. <laughs> Not because we don't, it's not, I don't think, I think UH is still better off, in my opinion, with Shager coming back. They're better off just because we have a quarterback that knows. There's experience. Run it. There's a, yeah. Knows the guys. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I feel like it has, it puts a little bit of damper on the Alejado situation. And what, by what situation, I mean him coming in and John Kiavi Sangapolutelli, who we've been talking about on the show as well. Both of those guys who are brotherhood from birth, you know, and guys that we want to see as well, local guys thrive in that position. Doesn't mean we don't want to see a kid from Texas. We obviously, mm. our greatest player is from Orange County, and we love him the most, obviously. But, but it, you know. it, it kind of it cleared the table, though. Like, there can now be an open quarterback competition in the spring. Like, Timmy doesn't have to start Shager. You know, like, by him entering the portal, I feel like he forfeited the starting job. I and yeah, um, I, I'd agree with that. I think open competition is fantastic. It gives all yes. three guys, you know, a fair chance. I think that, you know, like I, I, you know, we texted about this. I think Shager has the upper hand just because of his familiarity with yes. all the guys. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's easy when you've been throwing to these receivers for, you know, a little bit that you kind of know some of their, you know, nuances. But yeah, I, I think having all three is great. Um, definitely probably the best quarterback group that we've had in years. Uh, as far as the competition goes, I mean, we're talking maybe back to like what Cole and Shevin and I think a one, two or one, two, three in this case. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't mean to throw Shager under the bus, but he's kind of the anti Colt Brennan in that sense. Colt <laughs> refused to leave here. They put a stack of money in front of him and he chose us over mm-hmm. the NFL over the money. And this was kind of the opposite situation where he ran towards the money and he came back. So, I mean, you know, I, I support him. I think it's him coming back. It, it helps 
with experience. So, you know, game on. We'll see who comes out of spring and into the fall with with the with the starting job. But yeah, there definitely has to be some damage control in the program. I think that Timmy needs to open up the competition and make it known publicly that he's 100%. making an open competition because he's shown a propensity this past season to stick to Shaker <laughs> without fail in any situation. Maybe a little the too much. The same guy that kind of <laughs> made him look silly in the tweet. So I think mm-hmm. that um, Coach Chang, I don't think he's like a petty guy. Maybe he is, I don't know. But I also don't think you need to be petty in this situation. I think it's just fair and just to make 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 him um, you know, have to earn the job back, just like Sean said, because he really decided that he was going to leave. I mean, when he entered the transfer portal, it's not like he went to BYU without anybody knowing and he was just testing the waters. He, like, announced he was leaving um, and entering the portal. So that's something different. Like we said, it's his free will to do that, and a, a lot of his teammates have done the same. But it's very, it's not unprecedented, but it's very rare to see someone go back. So... I don't know. We have to go and look at see. It's you know, uncharted territory. Think, this is the first time this has it happened. Is. So it is, but people forget. I think people are going to forget. You know, it, I think eventually. I just think that this teammates are going to have to in the interim right now. He's going to have to really earn their trust back, and now they're going to start. I know doing their um, off season workouts on their own this month or when class resumes. So that'll be a perfect time because he's going to be in charge. Basically, he'll be one of the guys in charge of um you know coordinating emailing guys making sure texting guys and making sure they're showing up to catch you know routes and everything so it's just his this chance but it's interesting i you know but I, I think at the same time like it does make our team better to have a guy that did improve that knows the offense so i think that we are better off and we should and i appreciate that but we'll see i guess um but yeah, that leads us to our, our final topic we're going to talk about tonight, and that's uh, Civil Beat, um, who is an independent newspaper that's known for um, you know, sharing or telling stories from Hawaii with, in different sectors of Hawaii politics, um, sports, agriculture, anything that really you won't see read anywhere else, which is kind of cool as well. But at the same time, they are very poignant a lot. They're kind of renegades. Yeah, they are. They're kind of are. And a lot of them are. But I think they made a pretty good um, case uh, in in terms of, you know, their uh, well, basically, they laid out what the challenges UH football was facing in a national landscape, which we I always say not to compare us to Ohio. Of course, they had to compare us to Ohio Mm -hmm. State, Texas, Michigan, 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 Michigan Michigan Mm -hmm. State. Yeah, um, compare us to San Jose State and Colorado State. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and those and those are what's fair. So Colorado State, if they looked at simply Mountain West, mm-hmm. you would see that Hawaii is up there with everyone else. No one is like there's no despair disparate like like outlier in the conference that's just like so rich and everyone else is poor. You see that in, in other divisions, two and three. That mm-hmm. happens, but not really in division one, you know, within the conferences most of the schools will stay close to each other in terms of total budget, but or football budget at least. But at the same time, it is it was interesting to see where UH gets the money for their budget. And um, of the I believe 49 million they quoted, about 50 yeah. million, 29 million. So about 60% is subsidized by tuition and government and 
you know, UH and, and Hawaii in general, basically one big pot of government funds, basically. So when you look at it from that Ouch. angle, yeah. 2 million from ticket sales. I mean, that's not good. <laughs> no. A two million comparison, yeah. When two million is, you know, is not even one percent or is four percent of the of the budget, um, you know, you realize that you this is have not sustainable. That, I would think. This I would is, think that you would realize there's an issue, but I don't think a lot of them see it that way. I think that a lot of them see it as well. It's, and I mean by them, I mean leadership at UH from every level. Um, they see it as well. National trends are changing. It's harder to get people to get to football games. It's not the same. Okay, I get that, but we're building a stadium and spending money on it. And this Civil B article um, talks about it possibly being a vanity project if UH can't even fill because they're looking at the numbers now and seeing we can't. We're never. We have yet yes. to fill the fifteen thousand capacity. Yes. No. <laughs> But Ryan, I mean, what stood out? I mean, the article is pretty long and it has a lot of data, but what what mm -hmm. key bits maybe stood out to you the most? You know, part of thinking about this article just made me really think of, you know, we read obviously a lot in our Facebook group about some of the comments and stuff about the stadium. And, and a lot of people don't think about this big picture. Like, I totally do understand that for this to pass on the legislative side, you have to put in some of these things like this retail side, this housing this is stuff that they're trying to you know push these political careers with um you know one of the things that i was just thinking about you know we've gone over tailgating we've, we've beat it to death right but it's also the in and out and you know that would require so much more from a cost perspective you know i think about some of my memories as a kid we're sleeping after a game because we're stuck in traffic trying to leave the stadium and you know this is a you know in the 90s we were getting you know 20 to 30,000, depending on who we're playing for an attendance. Right. But, you know, the, the stadium, and I don't even know if they truly put in some of the traffic and the highways, but, you know, I look at that, I was like, that's kind of a big deal as well. You know, you want to get all these people in, what does everything really grumble about? You know, you look at the Stan Sheriff Center, right? It's a pretty awesome venue for the, you know, the teams that we play against, but the in and out is horrible. You know, you get these yeah. two, super, super short exits off the highway. You know, a lot of people won't even go near it because you have to, your car has to go zero to 60 or 50, whatever the speed limit is, you know, in four seconds, otherwise you're getting hit, right? But something I was really thinking about to me, you know, it's just how do you plan this when you also have to figure out how do you get people there? You know, the rail is a mess. It does have a, you know, one stop there, but that's not going to get all the people from West side over here. You know, that's not a selling point. It's, it's uh, not, it's not scheduled to go to UH. They're yeah. stopping halfway through town. Are you talking about Halaba? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Halaba stop. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, but even, even then, then just, yeah, it, you know, it seems how do you get wild. People like to and from the, too. the diagrams are like wild. Like they're not about the stadium. It's about what they want to plant around and, and build around it. And I think that mm. that is dangerous. I mean, Glenn Wakai, we've had him on the show before. He's, you know, the senator, the state senator that's been leading the charge. And he's a friend of our boy sports fans on the show and really has a vision for this. And I, I get it because he does want to have a premier, you know, venue, uh, entertainment center. Yeah. But at the same time, um, he seems frustrated though, too. Doesn't I mean, he? I think he's frustrated because the governor, the last governor cut off, you know, wasn't fully supportive. Ige wasn't very supportive of it. And then um, at first, uh, Green wasn't supportive of it. And then he became supportive of it with, with housing. Um, 
with housing, housing yeah. and yeah. retail. That's why and housing. But if you look at any of the housing in the diagram, does that look like affordable housing? Like any of those units? No. It does not look like they're building affordable housing units. It's like they're building more cockaco luxury apartments. Yeah. So, um, and that's what private developers would do. If given mm -hmm. state a lease, a fifty-year lease from the state, of course they're gonna, you know, um, build what they want. I mean, it's kind of what SoFi. SoFi is giving the fifty-year lease to. You know, it's 50 year, even for us having our um, seat licenses, 50 years, we're getting back our money, which is hilarious. I wonder <laughs> how much it'll be worth 50 years. But, um, you know, I think that it is it is dangerous sometimes. I'll even say just let these private developers go willy nilly, because, of course, they're going to be looking for, um, you know, some kind of turnaround, some kind mm -hmm. of return on investment right away and something large. Mm -hmm. And that's not public public service um, projects are not for money making they're not for profit making they're for a service for people to be able obviously we're not trying to lose money on these things but we're trying to make something sustainable that's not trying to earn the, the most profit margin it's trying to house people and it's trying to give people and so i think if it's done mindfully um then it can it can work i think we'd like somewhere like salt at kakaako which um would be kind of similar i think to what they're trying mm -hmm. to build i mean it's still like mm -hmm. a pretty cool place to hang out but it's yeah. A little bit cost prohibitive still for some people, and it still like has a vibe that's not, you know, it just wouldn't be like having empty parking lots like <clears> we've <throat> had in the last fifty years. It was going to be like kind of bougied up. So I think that'll be interesting. I, I mean, but for you folks, I mean, since the very first live stream we've ever done at Hawaii Sports Fans, you know, Shane and I talked about the existential issues that yeah. the program has, and I still think. You know, three years later, almost four years later, I don't think I'm wrong. I think it's getting closer to that. I mean, do you guys still see, you know, the possibility reading between the lines that, um, you know, this program goes by the wayside or, you know, does it just become like this prop that, you know, this mm -hmm. kind of sinking ship that we the, the state subsidized because, you know, it's just the thing to do at football. What what UH is doing right now is not sustainable. They're they're living off of credit cards. So um I I feel like and the thing that drives me nuts is there's like a they they always publish a picture in the in the group of what it could look like every month. So every month we get this new picture and it just drives me crazy. Just pick something and let's go with it already, you know? Um I it's 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 tough. It's tough going through this process so I, I really feel yeah. like yeah uh needs to get it together because we're trending towards division two we look we smell we're earning money at a sometimes. division two <laughs> level so yeah we're we're not and people we you know we need to support this program you know go to a game buy a shirt donate donate to the athletic department we mm -hmm. they need more support so that's that's my takeaway from that. They need, UH desperately needs help. So, yeah, and you know, like we've talked about, you know, I think I mentioned some stuff earlier that I just I was worried about our time frame, and I just felt like you know our our, our time is just really dwindling, right? And you know, I looked at uh, you know that article that popped up about Florida State trying to work with all their ACC stuff right now with that lawsuit. And, you know, when you start talking about these things like withdrawal fees for teams out of leagues and like this thing could accelerate so quickly, especially some of this happens. And, you know, it pops up on my feed because SMU is, you know, going to the ACC 
And, you know, Florida State's just like, hey, we want out. We want to get out of these fees at times. And, you know, what are you withdrawing with penalties and all this other fun stuff? But, you know, that that affected us. You know, you look at, um, you know, San Diego State recently, right? They're trying to be like, hey, you know, if we can get out of here, let's go move up. And then, you know, the Mountain West kind of stood firm on their withdrawal fee, which is kind of nice and, you know, helped everyone out. But, you know, this lawsuit, that could be huge. I mean, that could be teams moving left and right. And next thing you know, you know, we've got some big conglomerate of, you know, you know, Rita and I were talking about just, you know, why don't we make some kind of just premier Champions League style you know, at this point with college football, right. You know, you've got these middle teams that can move up and if you don't do well, you move back down and, you know, crazy thoughts, but I mean, that's kind of what we're leaning towards, you know, with, with teams that can, I mean, I don't think we're leaning towards that. I mean, we're not even leaning towards that. We're leaning towards the other people sitting up there. There's no relegation or moving well, up. That's fair. Yeah. But that, I mean, that like, that, I mean, hate. you're making, you're the giving like a like more rosy look outlook for mid majors because <laughs> We're not heading towards that. Yeah. We're heading to the very opposite. Yeah. We're heading towards the, the, the separation pattern. without the up and down. This is more of a yeah. You know, oh, a, a better separation with the money talks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Keep going. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. I was just, you know, that was kind of my point. It was like, hey, this lawsuit, these withdrawal fees. I mean, just you know, next week you could see the Mountain West totally get dissolved. You know, simple as that. If, yeah. If this happen. lawsuit goes through. <clears throat> Well, yeah, with the ACC, I mean, yeah. a lot of them are suing. I mean, Florida State has all these other reasons they're suing, but this the college football playoff has nothing to do with the NCAA. The college football playoff is a separate entity that was created that was propped up by the presidents and ADs of these Power Five schools. So they're all there's no real rules. It's like who's in charge? The SEC commissioner is kind of in charge. The Big Ten. It's like who's pawning the most? You know, who's who's pirating mm-hmm. the most schools? Therefore, they have the most power. It's like a Game of Thrones or something. But, you know, it, it, this year, it, that I think will matter. It, th- and that is points to television more than even the ability to win a national championship. Because as we go to a 12 team, the ACC, unless they say the ACC is going to lose its AQ because, you know, they lost all the par. I mean, if SMU paid all that money to get into ACC and it doesn't work <laughs> out, that is horrible for the Ouch. ACC. I mean, yeah. I mean, that would be horrible for SMU. They're one of the few with the billion dollar endowment. So I will say that as a school. Um, but yeah, I mean, they forfeited a lot of money for, I think, at least the next two oh, years. Right, right. So they're, uh, I don't know if it was part media rights or part other, you know, well, ticket revenue or whatever it might be. But yeah, they they definitely took a nice, you know, pocket pocketbook hit there for a couple of years just to make that, you know. But, you know, that, that was part of the talk. I mean, they're playing tomorrow at, you know, there was that whole thing about them versus Liberty, right? Liberty playing a, they were dead last in their strength of schedule, right? But they went 13 and 0. And they made it into that year six against Oregon. You know, SMU won their conference 11 and 2, but they get to play Boston College, who went six and six at Fenway Park on, you know, December 28th. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's part of that too, right? It's just, you know, where does this, you know, when you talk about CFP and, and, you know, New Year's six games and, and money involved, uh, yeah, th- this is all, it's all moving really fast and there's a lot of, you know, really tricky stuff that can happen in a hurry. Well, I think it'll be interesting to see um, next year. We'll go to 12 teams, but how that is affected by, you know, because a lot of these teams are are making it harder for themselves. Obviously, the Pac-12, literally all those schools that left, made it harder for themselves to make it to the national championship game. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they the trade-off was four times the you know money they're raking in, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I understand that 
from that perspective. But if it's all about money, then of course the players need to be paid and we shouldn't be complaining about it if they're going to just go for the big money grab anyways, if that's what the schools are doing. Because yeah. national championship is harder now for Oregon and and for Washington and for UCLA and USC to have to go through a, the whole Big Ten to try and make it back. It just, instead of getting, you know, winning the Pac-12 like Washington did this year, ironically, mm-hmm. you know, you know they'll, it was probably easier for them to get in this year. And next year, it could be harder. Um, mm-hmm. It could be because they'll have to play more Big Ten teams and it might, you know, just be difficult to, to travel. They're going to have to do so. We'll see how it affects those teams. But really, all they're going to be able to tell their fans is, well, at least we got more money. I mean, and I think that's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I don't think the fans are going to see a significant difference either. I mean, if anything, things will get more expensive um, and the expectations will get higher for, um, you know, what kind of uh, different um, availability, avail- available options on game day that are, are there for, you know, like things standards increase, which is great, but so does the price. And that's why college football definitely needs to um, pay its athletes because of all the money it's, it's raking in mm-hmm. like crazy um, and still doing it. I mean, and that's why, you know, in the NFL and in, in professional leagues where the players have collective bar- collective bargaining agreements that they can, um, renew, you know, every three years, at least they, um, you know, aren't locked into these long-term things, but the players don't have that same co- kind of power. So um, it, I, it does I make just, sense. Don't you feel like money's ruining the game though? I mean, I was having a discussion with my father-in-law. We were talking about teams and we don't know which teams like with the Sunbelt conference and the AAC and we, we couldn't, like, oh, yeah. there's so many changing. We don't know who's on first anymore. So I just liked it better. You know, this is the grumpy old man here. You know, like I liked it back in the day when the it was based on geography, these conferences, not just money grab, you know, not television sets. It just I, yeah, I just don't I like mean, where this stuff is going. It's I think it's what's just, tough for me, too. I and mean, you think about, you know, the the old guy, me, too. But it, it's, you know, part of the transfer portal. You know, I remember it used, it used to be where guys would just, you know, skip a bowl game. Because, of, you know, I might have potential in the NFL draft. And obviously that was a big life-changing deal, right? And now you're seeing all these guys skip transfer portal because they're in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're skipping all these bowl games. I mean, you know, even USC today, you know, their backup threw for six touchdowns, which, you know, you can make your arguments about a system offense and how good their defense is. And you can compare with Caleb Williams and all that. But, you know, you look at Florida State who's playing, and they're down to, I don't even know how many, what quarterbacks they have left. Third I mean, they're missing their top like four. Yeah. Oh, but they, they, they said there's like gone. twenty. There's like twenty players that are sitting out or not playing yeah. because of uh, they're protesting or or right. the trans- and, yeah. And, you know that's and I think that's what's even worse. I mean, yeah, that go you know transfer portal goes along with nil, right? You know, no arg- argument there. But you know stuff like that, and and then of course we have the I don't even know how many bowls we had this year, but you know we were watching the forty two, you know, guaranteed rate insurance, and you know. Yeah. We were just joking about hey, the names and whatnot, and mayo bowls, <laughs> and and the pop. Okay, I will give credit. I like that pop tart trophy. If they made it with a toaster, that would be super awesome at the top. But it was, a, <laughs> I thought it was a cool trophy for the pop tart bowl. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, you look at all these things like that, and I just it, it's it's sad to see because you know there was a point when you say college is at a true amateur level, and this is like, hey, this is the last game I'm playing with my guys, and you know a little bit more I think with like high school and stuff like that, but. You know, a lot of us who, you know, play, you know, Wayne, you played in college, like we would give a lot to play one more game 
you know, with our teammates. And that's tough to see too. And, you know, but I understand, Hey, it's a super expensive world out there. Um, and you know, this could be game changing, life changing money for your, you know, you and your family. So I do kind of understand that at that point too. Um, you know, I think we're especially, you know, if you don't have a chance to earn it afterward, like like you said, most people aren't going to go after. So if you're Mm going to be able to earn money in the power five, you should go and do it. I get that. But that is going to definitely make what UH and the rest of the Mountain West has become, which is like a farm system for these other schools. So like adding money, like what is the goal here? When if for a farm system, de facto farm minor league for the major league power, like what's the point? Like, what are we trying to earn here? And I mean, if Mountain West championships are not big deal for people in Hawaii, then we're, you know, we're never going to have, a fan base that will be attracted to you know success or anything and which is fine like i said we don't even have to be good we need to develop culture of course we want to be good and wins will help but we don't develop culture as well which is what really we need to think about because um it's not sustainable for any mid-major not let let alone hawaii it's not it's and we're seeing teams move up into mid-major land like we said james madison a team that's good Mm-hmm. ranked in football and basketball this year like yeah. that's incredible that's saying you've overlapped mm-hmm. you've overtaken a lot of these mid-major schools that have been mid-majors for decades you've already ex- surpassed them and um you know it just makes uh more and more irrelevant so i think they need to figure out what they are first of all i mean if if it's an entertainment thing uh football just like roller derby or something else was like something where people can buy tickets to be entertained, which I think is totally fair because sports is supposed to be entertaining, then mm-hmm. make it that, but be committed to that. And I think that is the biggest issue. If we are going to just keep the status quo, then UH is going to be, it's going to be um, just like Mike Tyson said, and go and fade into Bolivian, right? So, <laughs> Bolivia. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, we don't want to fade into Bolivian. Um, and that will happen if people stop caring. It's not because it disappears. It's because people stop caring. If you are not on someone's radar, you basically have disappeared. You, it's like you are in Bolivian compared to those people. And that's what UH football and sports has become. To even a lot of people that were ardent fans, they've just decided, I'll just kind of focus on watching NFL and, you know, going to watch, we're watching OC16 and my boy Felipe Hasho, shout out Felipe, um, you know, on <laughs> Friday nights because that is more entertaining to them. And you can't blame people for that either. So I think that UH does have, they need to get more fans. Uh, it's not just, definitely more fans need to um, donate, I guess. I hate to call on people who are already, mm-hmm. uh, the people that have donated $2 million, <clears throat> which the three of us are a part of, um, have already had to be bigger fans than most people of other teams. Period. Not even just myself, but what I'm doing, but what you folks are doing. You know, it's like we're all been called upon, but then it's like, oh, we need to donate more. But no, really, you need to get more fans. Just like a Facebook page or Instagram needs more likes, they go and find a way to develop, get people to like them and follow them and find interest. You need to do that as well. I I Um, put it in in our group chat that I feel like our administrators, like the UH administrators' contract should be based on a percentage increase in like football season ticket sales. It says, you know, yeah. either you get 20% more or you don't get a renewal, a rollover. So I, I just feel yeah. like it should be built into their contracts. That's what you're being brought here for. You need to generate money. You need to generate interest. 
you know, we need better marketing. So, you know, all that stuff goes together. And at some point, all those positions are going to either go away or get slashed because what UH is doing is not sustainable. Well, they might already need to be slashed. That's what I'm saying. We might already. We could we could save a million on slashing just a handful of of administrators. To be honest, yeah. We're not calling for that. We're just saying there are issues. (laughs) Um, And this has been another show where we kind of fade into Bolivia a little bit ourselves. So (laughs) before we go pure Bolivia, we need to, uh, um, you know, just shout out some people. I know Sean had a shout out. So who do you want to shout out? Shout out to Earl. Mahalo for listening. He sent sent me a private message uh, praising the show, praising you guys. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, Earl. How about you, Ryan? Who's your shout out to? You know, I just, you know, shout out to all of our fans who've been listening, especially this year, uh, you know, the week to weeks, uh, you know, and, and I hope that everyone, you know, has enjoyed us. And, you know, I think that would be great to get more feedback like that. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, it'd be great to, be, you know, hear from you guys and maybe one day we'll upgrade some technology and try to get some callers in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, if you guys want to, you know, send us some questions, some comments, you know, I'd love to hear some of that. Uh, but yeah, you know, we appreciate all of you guys as fans and, you know, a lot of times when you start to, you know, hit, you know, next on the next new year, you start to think about, you know, some things you appreciate, but, you know, definitely appreciate you guys. It's been a fun season. Uh, you know, we've definitely made it work with a lot of different time zones and, but, you know, putting in the hours and, and, you know, the homeworks that we've done. So yeah, you know, you guys as well. Um, but yeah, you know, our fans definitely number one, it's been great. So Oh, yeah. Mahalo to all our fans. Mahalo to you, too. All of our friends that have supported us. The show. Of course, Fuchsia. She'll get her shout out. But she is a huge <laughs> um, asset to Hawaii sports fans as well. And her um, enthusiasm for going to games um, probably even outdoes mine at times. So I think that's something that is what we are about at Hawaii sports fans is passion from all, everyone. We're not about we don't have any like rich donors. I mean, we, we're just kind of floating. Um, but at the same time, it's all fueled by a, a true desire and passion to see our team be good, but also to have fun experiences and go on adventures and, and open new doors for ourselves um, and do it with friends and family, um, people who become like family. So mahalo to you, Sean and Ryan, and mahalo to all our listeners. And, and we'll see you in 2024. Uh, so for Wayne Poito and for everyone at Hawaii Sports Fans at Make It Tick, uh, we'll see you next year. Aloha. Go Bows. Happy New Year. Go Bows. So what's so different about Hawaii sports fans? Hey guys, this is Wayne Cueto, and that's a question I get asked a lot. And it's a fair one. There are a lot of great local companies that will take you on the road, get you game tickets, transportation, airfare, and hotel. Yes, we can do all of that too. But the difference here is an extra layer of detail an extra layer of personalization, an extra layer of premium amenities and adventure that you can't get anywhere else. Starting with our group size, we usually never go above 24, usually around 12 to 15, and sometimes only two to four even. It doesn't matter. Whatever size, we're going to give you that experience. We're going to give you a foodie adventure. We're going to make every moment count. There's no dead time. And of course, you're always going to be well-fed and always eating very good stuff. I can just guarantee you that. But here at Hawaii Sports Fans as well, we want to make you feel like family always. And that's something that is hard to do for most companies. But we're proud to do it here. We can't wait to have you on the road. Join us at hisportsfans.com. Rainbow Wrap-Up is sponsored by Hawaii Sports Fans. Come join us for every UH football game on the road. 
at hisportsfans.com.